0: Listen, Uh, God's word is relevant for you. Even though we're focusing on mothers today, his word is alive and speaking to you today. Amen. He is speaking to the spirit man. And so that's what his word is. Amen. Speaking to you. I also want to say you do not want to leave early because we have lots of special gifts. Um, We're going to be doing a drawing at the end. So you want to make sure that you stay through till the end so that you can win a prize. Amen. Because we just wanted to bless all you mothers. Where would the world be without mothers? And all the women said. Amen. Amen. Hey, I heard one minister say this. I meant to say it in first service, but they didn't get it. It's just for you. So the dad is the head of the home, right? But the mother is the heart of the home. I like that. I like it. So we moms, uh, you know, we we see Proverbs 31, the scripture, and just as we saw, one of the ladies say, how could I ever live up to that? You can't live up to that without Christ on the inside of you. You can't. You can do it in your own strength and in your own might. And in the end, you're going to be left uh, tired, wore out, and broken still. But you can only be that 31 Proverbs woman or person by trusting in who Jesus Christ is in you. Amen. And so today we have our whole theme called in bloom and I want to give the definition of what in bloom means to be in bloom. It means it's the flower at its greatest beauty. It's maturity to flourish. It's to produce or yield or to mature into one's full potential to mature into one's full potential. And the fact that you are in bloom, you can be at your greatest beauty. And that's where God wants each and every one of us, in bloom, amen? In bloom, y'all with me? Everybody doing good this morning? All right, and uh, and so we're going to talk about a few things. Today, I want to look at Proverbs 31, and I spared you having to read the whole thing like normally I do, so I'm just going to touch base on five of the scriptures out of Proverbs Proverbs 31, 10. And I want to say this that throughout the lobby, you can see where we talked about that you have purpose, that you are able, that you are blessed. I want to talk about those three points today. And this is relatable to anyone that's in here. And uh, and so we see that in Proverbs 31, verse 10, the first thing that he tells, I love God. I love how he is all through scriptures. The first thing that he will let you know is that you are able and that you are capable. He, what about all the people that you would see in the Old Testament? He would say, be of good courage, right? Be strengthened, rise up into what I've called you to be. And so here, all of us women feel like we can never live up to this Proverbs 31 woman. But I'm telling you, the first scripture he tells us is that we're able. We are capable, amen, to do all the things that God created us to be as women of God, amen, or as men of God. You have been equipped and given everything you need to be able to be the man of God that he has called you to be. You are capable, And then it goes on to say intelligent and virtuous woman who can find her. She is far more precious than jewels and her value is far above rubies or pearls. And then drop down to verse 16. It says, she considers a new field before she buys or accepts it, expanding prudently and not courting neglect of her present duties by assuming other duties. With her savings of time and strength, she plants fruitful vines in her vineyard. And one of the questions that we're going to ask today is, what seeds are you planting in your vineyard? What seeds are you planting in your garden? What fruit is being produced in your life? We're going to answer and ask a few of those questions today. And so it says that she plants fruitful vines in her vineyard. Vineyard. Verse 20 says, she opens her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her filled hands to the needy, whether in body, mind, or spirit. Verse 28 says, her children will rise up and call her blessed, happy, fortunate, and to be envied. And her husband boasts of her and praises her. And then verse 31, this is where I want to key. It says, give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. God expects every one of his children to produce fruit. And from the very beginning uh, of Genesis, we see that this life has always been about fruit, hasn't it? What Adam lost in the garden, Jesus finished in the garden. And it was always about a fruit. And it's always still about a fruit in your life. He did not uh, bring his seed to you, who is Jesus, as a child of God for you to not produce fruit for him and to bear fruit. He chose you, amen, before you were in your mother's womb. He knew you and had a plan for you. You have a purpose, amen, in the earth. You have a purpose in the earth, every single one of us. Look at John 15, verse 16. It says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and I have appointed you. I have planted you. He has planted us that you might go and bear fruit and keep on bearing. There's not a season in your life, if you're a child of God, that you should not be producing fruit for him in his kingdom. Producing fruit and being productive. Amen. Actually, we know that Jesus cursed a tree that was supposed to have fruit on his life and said, what use is it being in the earth? And so could we say that there's a lot of people that aren't present in the earth with us today because they never bore fruit? I believe that there is because they did not go after their purpose of why God created them. And so he says that we should keep on bearing that fruit and that that fruit would be lasting and that it would remain and abide so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name... Uh, as presenting all that I am that he may give it to you. So the Bible says that he chose you and he planted you. He planted his seed in you and then he planted you in his kingdom and he expects his children to bear fruit and to keep on bearing it. That means there is no such thing as retirement in the kingdom of God. That is American. American. Come on, there's no such thing as retirement. We should always be productive and producing fruit In our lives, in our garden or in our field, what does your field look like? What does your garden look like? Maybe you have a garden that you have children. Are you planting the right seeds in your garden of the children's lives? Maybe you are a wife. Are you planting the right seeds in your husband? Husbands, are you planting the right seeds in your wife so that you will produce and see the fruit of your hands? Amen. Uh, Are we producing the right fruit of influence in our city uh, and speaking about the kingdom of God? Are we planting the right seeds so that we can see the right harvest and the right fruit coming forth for the kingdom of God? Whatever it is, do you know this Proverbs 31 woman was capable and intelligent and able to do all that God needed her to do in every sphere or field that she was in. If she was a stay-at-home mom, then she was able to stay at home and raise her children and be a homemaker and not be a busybody, which you could read about in Timothy. I don't have time to even go there. And but I do want to say this. Are we busy planting seeds in the wrong fields? Are we staying busy and not effective? Because this woman in the natural, you could say she was a busy woman. And how many times do I hear that today in so many people's lives? I'm just so busy. I'm just so busy. I don't have time to come up to the church and serve anymore. I'm just so busy. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to do this. And I say to you that you're sowing seeds in the wrong field. Because listen. God never intended for you to be busy and ineffective. And I want to ask you, look at your field, look at your garden, and what fruit are you seeing? Are you seeing rebellion? Are you seeing strife? Are you seeing, uh, you know, um, arguing and anger in the marriage? Are you, what are you seeing? Because what you're seeing is a, re, uh, is a, as an uh, evidence or a reproduction of the seed that you've sown it. Because the Bible says in Galatians that whatsoever a man soweth, he will reap. He will reap. If you sow to the flesh, of the flesh, you'll reap destruction. If you sow to the spirit of the spirit, you'll reap what? Life, peace, righteousness, all of those things. Is there peace in your home? That's your garden. You better start tending to it. You better start pulling some weeds out of it. If there's some things that's been growing up in your garden that you've seen little shoots coming up here and there. I know when I am out in my beautiful lawn, you know, and I see all these little things start to shoot up. I go ahead and pluck them out real fast because if I don't, it'll begin to take over. And so early in the morning when I get up to go outside, let the dog out, drink my coffee, I'll walk around and see little bitty weeds or shoots coming up. And I'll just go over there because the the ground is is soft and moist from the dew. And it's easy to pluck them out early in the morning. But if you wait, they get harder and harder and then they begin to take over. And then you just got a big mess on your hand and you don't feel like doing it right for any of you that don't like gardening but do you know the father was all about gardening he planted the most beautiful garden and said that it was good everything in it except for the one tree and they ate the fruit and therefore because of the fruit that was eating eaten we have the evidence of what the earth looks like today so it was all about the fruit was all about the fruit from the beginning, okay? And so he, he chose us and he, he wanted us to continue to bear fruit. Every one of us have a purpose and a plan from God. Look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 through 30. It says, we are assured and know that God being a partner in their labor and all things work together and are fitting into a plan for good to and for those who love God and are called, say called, called, called according to his design and his purpose. Every one of us have a purpose, every one of us, and it's from God, verse 29, for those whom for he foreknew, of whom he was aware and loved beforehand. That's why I said before you were in your mother's womb, Jeremiah says that he knew you. He knew your most integral parts. We talked about that uh, yesterday at our baby dedication. Uh, He knew you. He had a plan for you in the earth. You are not an accident. Your spirit man was meant to be in this earth. Amen. And it says, uh, He also destined from the beginning. For ordaining them to be molded back into his image of his son. Isn't that what we said? We have to get into his image and who he says that we are. He does say that we have a purpose. He does say that we are able. He does say that we are beautifully made. He does. What does God say about you? He says we're blameless. He says we're holy. Come on. What does he say that you are? Because that's what you are and you are to be in that bloom of what he says you are. And so he said to be molded into the image of his son and share inwardly his likeness that he might become the firstborn among many brethren and those whom he thus foreordained he also called and whom he called he also justified. Psalms 92 verse 12. Verse 15, it says, The uncompromising righteous shall flourish. There's that word again. Shall flourish, shall mature, shall be in full bloom. The consistently righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Be long-lived, stately and upright, useful and fruitful. Here again, you are to be useful and to be fruitful in whatever season your life is in. If you're a mom, right? We saw if you're uh, older and and feel like you don't even know why you're even here after all these years, whatever the case may be, whatever season of life you're in, you're to be fruitful for his use. Uh, Have you ever seen a palm tree? I mean, they're all up and down the coast. And I tell you what, these palm trees are something else, man. They go through hurricanes and they're still standing. And this is who he says that we would be, the consistently righteous, would continue to be standing strong and being fruitful and being productive for the kingdom of God. Through the storms, through the things of life, come on, we should be able to be upright and stand up, come on, tall and be in bloom. And when the winds come and the waves come, it's not gonna move us and get us off. Amen. Because we are Planted, we're gonna get there. So we should be fruitful. We should flourish. They shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon, uh, majestic, stable, durable. Are you a stable child of God, or can you never be depended on? Are you wishy washy? Are you up and down? Are you in sometimes and you out sometimes? No. He said the consistently righteous, you wonder why you always are dealing with circumstances and always dealing with problems and always dealing with whatever, all this drama. It's because you're not being consistent in who you are in Christ and staying in the right position before him. Amen. So he says this, this verse 13, right here it is he chose you but not only did he chose you choose you, he planted you. He planted you. we saw that in John as well that he appointed us and he planted us that we would go and bear fruit. Where did he plant us in the house of the Lord? Are you planted? Are you planted in the house of the Lord, or are you one of those Christians that decide they're going to pluck their roots up out of this church and go to another church because they don't like this about this church, and they don't like that about that church, and they don't like this worship here, and they don't like that pastor there, and they don't like how their children's program is here, come on, and they sure don't like a woman preacher, So they decide to uproot themselves and go plant themselves in another house that they're not going to be able to grow the way that that pastor there would be able to pull their gift out and speak the word into their life to cause them to rise up and to walk in their purpose and to walk in all the things that God says you are and who you are. Come on. It's important where you're planted. Very important where you're planted, and what people are speaking into your life. Are they always speaking fear and doubt and you'll never amount, you know, you'll never make it and poverty mentality. You're, you know, all of these things we have to, uh, you know, got to teach you by putting sickness and disease on you. No, no, you want to be planted in the right place. It's going to speak the right things into your life. The full counsel of God, everything in his word for you to be able to feast on. Amen. So he says planted. He chose you and he planted you so that what? They shall flourish in the courts of God, growing in grace. We're going to get to that in a minute. They shall still bring forth fruit in their old age. They shall be full of sap and spiritual vitality. Come on. You don't need a pill to have vitality when you get old. You need the spirit. Yes, I just went there. You know what I'm saying without saying You can have spiritual vitality. You should be just as on fire as uh, as Joshua and Caleb when they said at 80 years old, I'm going to take my mountain. If you hadn't arrived to your mountain, buddy, you ought to be saying like Joshua and Caleb. Come on, I'm going to take my mountain. I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. But you're only going to do it if you remain planted and fruitful because, oh, how fast you can dry up and shrivel up. I, uh, love to work in my yard and multiply all of my gardens. And Miss Dorothy, one year, she gave me a beautiful, uh, plant that, that grows up. It's almost like something you would see in, um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, not Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Uh, that other weird one. Alice in Wonderland, Wonderland. thank you. Um, You know, there was this, there, and I think they're called a a lillum or something, I'm not sure, but they're just a big ball and they're purple and they grow up on one stem. Huh? Anybody know flowers in here? It's not a high... Yeah, that thing. What is it? Allium. That's how you pronounce it. And uh, if you can't read it, you surely can't pronounce it. (laughs) I couldn't read it, so I can't pronounce it. But that's what kind of flower it is. And I just love them. It's just one stem, and they multiply. I mean, she gave me one bulb, and I planted it. And throughout the years, I have just every spring split it in two and replanted it. It's very... But listen... The most important thing is that it needs is water. It needs water. After you, uh, you know, have plucked it up and replanted it, it needs water. If I don't water it, guess what will happen? It will dry up, and every believer needs to continue to be in a place where you're going to be watered, where you're going to be given, come on, the washing of the watering of the Word so that you can be fruitful and multiply like my pretty Allium. Now I have them all over my yard, and they're just a big ball of purple, and I love it. All right? All right. Um, so we have to continue, uh, in whatever age of our life to have a spiritual vitality for the things of the Lord. Amen so that you can be a memorial and show that the Lord is upright and faithful to his promises. We ought to be able to look at those that have been planted in the house of the Lord, those that have been here forever maturing in the things of God. We ought to be able to look at them and still see the fruit of their hand and that it's still producing. But I'm sorry to say that I don't really see that in some of the people today. They want all the young people to do it oh, we did that. It's y'all's turn now. I've heard that so many times. Oh, we worked in the nursery for years. It's your turn now. But some of those babies need some grandmamas because they don't have grandmamas. They don't have mamas. They don't. We're living in a different generation today. Everyone is needed in the kingdom of God. No matter what your age, you should be producing fruit for his kingdom. Just as I said, there's some people that say, well, I always wanted, I always wanted a child, but I never had a child. Have you then taken what God has given you and started mentoring someone else and being a spiritual mother to them? Because maybe you could find just as much joy and satisfaction in that instead of thinking about what you don't have, why don't you invest in somebody what you do have? Amen? Hallelujah. I think about when it says that in every season you should be producing fruit, I think about Dorcas in the Bible that was known in the marketplace, that was known in the city as a seamstress. Uh, Someone that when she died, people ran to see her, uh, to, ran to the disciples to raise her from the dead because she was so wanted and needed and had so much influence in someone's life because she made coats for people in the city. What do you have in your hand that your fruit, you're seeing the fruit of it? And if you're not seeing any fruit from your hand, then you have to ask, what seeds are you planting? What seeds are you planting in your garden, in your fields that you come in contact with? Amen? So I think about Anna. Anna was in her age. She was a widow. And do you know what? She wasn't too old to come up to the temple and pray every day. Do you know this church is open every day and probably 150 people come in and out of these doors every day of the week. I sure don't see any person that's retired or a widow or at home sitting at home, watching the blue tube, letting their brain get fried when you could be here in the temple praying for this generation coming up. Do you think we would stop you from praying? No, but here's Anna, the prophetess, praying in the temple every day. Didn't leave it, serving. That's what she was doing. Serving the temple, praying and she was able to see the messiah she was in the right place at the right time continuing to bring fruit to the kingdom of god amen and she was rewarded that she was able to see the messiah that was prophesied about and spoken of amen she got to see it with her very see him with her very eyes look at psalms 1 verse three, it says, and he shall be like a tree firmly planted and tended by the streams of water ready. There's that water ready to bring forth its fruit in its season and its leaf also shall not fade or wither and everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. Everything you do should prosper and come to full bloom and begin to mature. Whatever it is that God's put in your heart to do, whatever it is he's asking you to do in your everyday life, it should come to full bloom. It should come to maturity. You ought to be able to see the fruit of your own hand in maturity. You ought to be able to see a harvest of the seeds that you've planted throughout the years in every season listen, when I was a stay at home mom, I planted seeds. I wasn't up here speaking and teaching and doing all the things that I do today, but there was a season in my life that I was just growing in the word of God and growing and being a mother and growing and learning how to be a submissive wife because I sure wasn't that growing, (laughs) uh, growing, uh, to learn how to keep my mouth shut when I'm supposed to keep it shut and growing in all of these things that the Lord was teaching me. You will, never, you will never discover what God's called you to do or the gifts that are within you without serving and doing the everyday walk of Christ. Never do it. I shared this yesterday at the baby dedication about my baby. She's 23 and married now, but uh, she's still my baby, right? And, um, she, uh, you know, ever since she was born, she's been in church and at eight years old, she was serving anything I was doing. She was right there doing it with me and helping me. I wasn't just letting her run around crazy in the church. People. I put something in her hand to do. And so uh, you know, every since she was eight years old, she served in the, I mean, she's been working with the children since she was able at uh, 10 years old to serve with the children. She has been serving with children. She's 23 now, put her hand to it. And now she works full time being a teacher to, uh, to the VPK class. But the thing that I'm saying is, is that, you know, the art that you see the art on, you know, the chalk walls and the art on the wall. And she uh, didn't know that that gift was in her she learned and discovered that gift because she put her hand to do whatever was asked of her to serve. And in, in uh, you know, when I would need something drawn out or, you know, we would need a coloring sheet or whatever it was, she was asked, hey, can you do this? Can you draw that? And that gift began to what? Come to full bloom. Come to maturity to now you see the evidence of what she can do. But it never would have happened if she wouldn't have been putting her hand to serving to discover a gift within her that is being used for the kingdom of God today. Do you see the the chalk walls and different things in the preschool when you go in and out? She draws and does all that artwork. But it never would have happened if she would not have just been planted in the house of the Lord and putting her hand to serve so that it could develop and mature and grow and come to full maturity, amen? So it's very important. The next thing I wanna say, number two, the point two that I wanna make is that you are blessed. We are not trying to get God's blessing on our, if we are children of God, we've called on the name of the Lord, we are already blessed. We are not trying to get him to bless us or attain some blessing, we are already blessed. That's why he can already call us blessed. Call her blessed. Because we are already blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen. It says in verse um, one tw- Psalms 128, verse one through four, it says, blessed, happy, fortunate, and to be envied. Yes, this is a good envy. Usually he talks about where there's envy, there's every type of evil, right? But he's talking about when you're blessed, people should envy the good life that they see in your life, the fruit and the evidence that they see in your life that's been produced because it's good fruit so that they can taste and see that the Lord is good, so what fruit do people see in your life? Or is it evidence of the goodness of God in your life? Is it evidence of the fact that you are blessed? You are blessed, Amen? And you're blessed to be a blessing. You see that Proverbs 31 woman? She was able to uh, work it in home, work it with her husband, work it in the marketplace. Come on. She was able to work what God had given her in her hand wherever she was at. And it produced fruit. Wherever it is, in the marketplace, in the church, she would go and bless the needy, it says, and help serve them. I mean, you thinking, what in the world? Like, this woman has time to do all this stuff, but she saw the most important things there was that she was there to be a blessing to her home, be a blessing to her husband and be a blessing in the city and have influence in her marketplace and then was able to still serve for the kingdom of God. And yet you hear people tell me today, I'm too busy to even come help up at the church. Then that means, let me tell you, you are too busy and you're sowing seeds in the wrong field. And you're not going to produce the right fruit in your life because here we see that she was able to do it all because she tapped into the one who could do it through her. She tapped into the grace that could flow in her life in wherever she's at in whatever her season, right? Because why? It says she was to be envied, or he, this is to both. It says, is everyone who fears and worships the Lord, who walks in his ways and lives according to his commandments. That's the key. Are you living according to his word? Are you walking in his ways? because you can tell a fruit from per, a person's life if they've not been walking in his ways and in his, what his word says. His word is his commandments. We're not talking about the 10 commandments. We're talking about the word of the Lord. This is what he commanded for his kingdom citizens to look like, talk like, walk like, live like. Are we living according to what's written in the word of God for our lives as the standard of what a child of God should be looking like and living like, amen. Verse two, it says this, for you shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You'll eat the fruit of the labor of your own hands, whether that fruit is good or bad, you're gonna eat it. Because some of you are eating some bad fruit because you've sown some bad seeds in your garden. Because whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. And things that you are uh, dealing with is not something that God chose for you. It's something that you've brought on yourself. And you're just living out of what it is that you produced out of your own hand. Amen? And it says this, uh, it shall be well with you. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the innermost parts of your house. Have you sown good fruits into your wife's life so that she's a blessing to you in her home? Or do you speak to her like she's a second-class citizen? Or do you speak to her with good seeds as one that has come alongside of you to bless you and to minister to you and to help you in your life? Do you serve her like it says that Christ served the church? Or is she always having to serve you? It should be 50-50 in my book. It says your wife shall be like a fruitful vine In your house, your children shall be like olive plants around your table. Are they like olive plants around your table, or do you have a bunch of uh, rebellious teenagers producing a horrible crop? And I'm going to tell you, parents, you need to sit down at the dinner table and eat with your children. If you are too busy to have a meal in your home at the dinner table, then you are too busy and you are being ineffective. You're Too busy planting seeds in the wrong fields. If you can't sit down and have dinner at the dinner table with your children, as busy as we were planting this church and had three kids and we were getting this thing up and running. And my children were still home. They were still home. They were teenagers. We still had dinner at the table. And we sat down and yes, through it all, through the burping and the other things and the, you know, all the things that all of them wanting to have their own word, you know, because they wanted to be heard. And yeah, I mean, it was fun times, the jokes, the things that happened. It was a time of bonding and growing together. It's so important. And today we don't have that in our society, because everybody's too. I'm telling you, you're planting seeds in the wrong fields. We'll be passing out seed packets. It's for you to remember what seeds are you planting in your garden? What seeds are you planting in your garden? Uh, because your life should be a life full of blessing. Uh, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter one, verses three, it says, may blessing uh, praise Be to the God, our Lord, Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who has blessed us in Christ. How are we blessed? It's in Christ. If you're not in Christ, then you don't have this blessing upon your life. He wants you to have the blessing upon your life, but all you have to do is submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But he says here, who is blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing every spiritual blessing. We have already been blessed with everything, everything that pertains to life and godliness, the Bible says. We've already blessed with it as a child of God. Now we just have to begin to rise up and let it bloom within our life and mature within our life and actually put our hand to doing what it is that he's planted within us to do in every area of our life. Amen. Deuteronomy 28, I would encourage y'all to read Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 8, but the whole chapter of verse 28, because this talks about the fact that we have already, uh, we have the blessing of Abraham upon our life. And we see as we read the blessing of Abraham, that he was blessed in the city, he was blessed in the field, he was blessed coming in, he was blessed going out. Why? Because he did what the commands of the Lord were. And that blessing is the same blessing that we are to have on our life in Christ. We can read that in, uh, let me read Deuteronomy 28, just verse 8, but I encourage you to read the whole chapter. The Lord will command the blessing upon you. He'll command it upon you in your barns and in all that you put your hand to. He expects you to work it. He expects you to produce what it is that he's given you and put within you. And he can then put his command on you and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. Galatians 3 verses 8 through 9 and Galatians 3 12 through 14 says that we have that same blessing from our father Abraham... It says, all the nations will be blessed in you. So then those who are of the faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer. And then it says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. The curse that was of the law, uh, he's talking about in Deuteronomy, curse will you be in the field if you don't do this. And curse will be your vats if you don't do this, right? But he says that is, having become a curse for us who Christ redeemed us from that curse, having become a curse for us, for it is written cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree in order that in Christ, the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the spirit through God. So we've already been blessed. We've already been given every spiritual blessing, everything that pertains to life and godliness or holiness in our life. It's already within us. The seed of Christ has been planted in us. He chose us, and then he planted us in his house so that we could produce of the same kind. We are to produce of the seed kind of Jesus. See how it keeps going on? and bearing, bearing, and bearing till there will be no end to the kingdom of God. There'll be no end to the increase of the kingdom of God, Isaiah says, right? Because his seed keeps producing in our lives. Amen. And then we see that it says in Proverbs that you are capable or able so many of us look and say there's I just can't do this, I can't do that, I can't do this. You'll never you'll never know that you can do anything if you don't try to do it. Amen. If you don't try, you are able and you are capable. Second Corinthians chapter three, verses four through eight says this, such is the reliance and confidence that we have through Christ Jesus towards, uh, and with reverence towards with God, not that we are fit or qualified or sufficient in our own ability of our own selves to form personal judgments or to claim or count anything as coming from us, but it's from what? Our power and ability and sufficiencies are from God. They're from God. The things that we are capable of doing are from God. And we can't do it in our own selves, and we shouldn't try to do it in our own selves because then it would be of our own good works. And that will be fruit that will be burned up in the last days. If you've done anything in your own strength and in your own ability and in your own good works, it's going to be burned up. The only good fruit that's going to last and remain is those things that you've done in Christ and his ability through you. Amen. That's the only fruit that's going to remain when it's all said and done. Amen. And then let's look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. It says, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. He's the one that empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses my inner strength into me. And I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. So we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And the Proverbs 31 woman figured that out because in one of those verses, she knew where her strength came from. She knew where her strength come from, and she drew on that power, that empowering strength on the inner man to be able to do all that she was called to do. Amen. Look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. It says, as each one of us has received a gift, a particular spiritual talent, a gracious divine endowment. Employ it for one another as benefits of good trustees of God's many-sided grace. Faithful stewards of the extremely diverse powers and gifts granted to Christians by unmerited favor. Every one of us have been given a grace and an ability and a gift to produce something. You all have potential and it needs to be in full bloom. You've all been graced to be able to do it to see the empowering side of grace. It's not, we're not just talking about saving grace. That grace is many sided and that grace then is able to infuse you with strength and empowering uh, strength on the inside to be able to do all the things that he's needing you to do so that you can be a blessing for one another. That's what the scripture says. How many of you are doing anything for anyone else in the kingdom of God or in the city? What are you doing sitting here when you have been empowered and given an ability to go out and influence this city with the kingdom of God? You've been given the grace to be able to do it. And the thing that we have to recognize is that we have to learn to flow. We have to learn to flow. Y'all remember flow? We have to learn to flow with the rhythms of grace in our life. In Matthew 11, this is our last scripture. Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30. I want to read it out of the message, and they won't have this up on the screen. says this, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? You know how you get burned out on religion? Trying to do it all yourself. In your own strength. In your own works. In your own power. And in your own might. Instead of learning how to flow with the rhythms of grace in your life. Are you burned out? Says this, come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me. He never called us to walk with him without working with him. There is a work to do in the kingdom of God for every one of us. It is not a work unto salvation, but it is a work that he has called for us to fulfill in the earth. Every single one of us. He never, we can't see anywhere in scripture where he would call us to just walk with him. So that one day when we die, we'll go on and be with heaven, in heaven. No Everywhere you see, he called us to walk with him, to be with him. It was because he wanted us to co labor with him and to work with him according to the purpose that he has for your life. And so it says, Listen, work with me. Watch how I do it. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced, it's not forced. The unforced rhythms of grace, rhythms of grace, learn how to flow in the grace of God in whatever season of your life that you're in, whatever he has asked you to do in your every day. Maybe you are the say at home mom. Listen, do you know how many times I would ask the Lord to help me before I had to, you know just have a meltdown on my kids because of the way they were acting and, you know, help me, give me the strength to be able to speak into each and every one of their life exactly what they need. You know, help me to not pull their hair out when they're fighting and picking and arguing, all those things. You know, I had to learn how to flow with that grace, that rhythm of grace in my life for that season to raise them so that now that they're old, every one of them are in church serving the Lord and putting their hand to continue to advance the kingdom of God. See, it took me being able to plant the right seeds in my garden at that time. Now this is my garden. This is my garden that continues to be reproduced. And am I planting the right seeds in you? Oh, you bet, because I take it as something the most precious thing in the world that God would call me blameless and holy and use me to be able to plant seeds into people's lives that could produce the kingdom of God. That He could choose me and see that I was able and that I had a purpose and that I was capable. So I don't take it lightly. I walk with him tightly. I live with him daily. I honor his word fearfully. And I live what I say every day of my life because I've learned how to tap into the rhythms of grace that's flowing and available for every one of us today. His grace is available for every single one of us today. His grace, his power, his saving grace, his empowering grace, whatever the grace is that you need, it's all sufficient at any time that you can tap into it and flow in the unforced rhythms of grace. That means it's easy. Say it's easy. It's not hard. What he asks us to do, it's not hard when we do it in him. It's easy. Pastor used to have an easy button up on his platform long time ago. Remember the easy button from Staples? It's easy. He said, my yoke is easy. It's light. It's not burdensome. When we learn how to do it through him and his ability. Amen. Amen. Says, I won't lay anything heavy on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So, I ask you today are you living freely and lightly? Are you living in the unforced rhythms of grace in your life in every season? Are you planting the right fruit? In your life, in the lives of those around you, what do you see in every area of your life and do you like what you see? Because when God looked after he created in Genesis, he looked at everything that he created and planted and he said, it is good. It is good. Do you look in your life in every area and do you see the goodness of the Lord? Do you see good? If you don't, you have to ask the question, am I planting the right seed with the works of my hand? And if you want change, all you have to do is pluck out the bad seeds by your words and start planting some better seeds in your life by your words, by your actions, by your doing. Not in of your own strength, but in the strength and the power of the one that's living on the inside of you. The Bible says, "Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world." We have the greater one on the inside of us. So nothing that uh, could ever come against us, we would not be able to overcome. Maybe you planted some bad seeds and you're reaping a good mess of a harvest. Do you know God's right there to help get you out of that mess and to teach you how to start planning and doing some other things so that you can start seeing uh, a, a new Uh, harvest of some seeds and some different fields of your life. He's there for you. He's there for every one of us today. And all you have to do is call on him and ask him. Sometimes that's all I knew how to say is, Lord, I need your help today. I need you to give me what I need in this hour to deal with this situation and to speak into this person's life. I still say it. Lord, I don't know what they need, but you know what they need. So give me your words because a Proverbs 31 woman has words of wisdom flowing out of her mouth. And I have the Word of God living on the inside of me because I've sown the Word in my heart so that I would not sin against Him. I am a living epistle. But you only become that if you sow by seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If you sow to the kingdom, you're going to reap of the kingdom in every area of your life. That means you have to seek him above everything else. Seek first, Matthew 11 says. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Amen. Amen. And everything that you have need of will be added to your life.